Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Trampoline Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Misha Globerman. Let me tell you, this episode of the podcast might contain mature language, like pretty much every episode of the podcast. Trampoline Hall is a lecture series that takes place in a bar in Toronto, uh, sometimes in other cities too. Um, the one rule is that the lectures cannot be professionally expert on the subject on which they are speaking, uh, but they can often know a lot about it. They might be really great talks. Um, after each lecture, we do a question and answer period uh, with the audience. And the Q&A, I should say, is it's a really big part of the show. It's often longer than the lecture itself. Uh, sometimes people, I hear from people that people don't love Q&As at events, but I don't think it's because Q&As are inherently bad. I think it's because a lot of Q&As are just really badly run. But the Q&As at Trampling Hall are, I think, really, really good. Um, the audience asks great questions. They're smart. They're insightful. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. One is just that you know great people come to the show. But another reason is that um, I, I give people a lot of instruction at the beginning of the show. And at the beginning of each show, I talk for an interminably long time um, explaining to people how the Q&A works and how to behave in it. Um, I, you may have heard it said that there's no such thing as a bad question. Whoever told you that is a, a fool or a charlatan, of course, of course there's such a thing as a bad question. And that might seem like bad news, but there's a, a happy news side to that bad news coin, which means there's such a thing as a good question. People sometimes say to me, Misha, how do I know if my question is a good question? Good question, I reply, immediately putting them in a positive feedback spiral. Good question. A good question, first of all, by definition, a good question, it should be a question. It, it has to be in the interrogative mood or, or interrogative mode. It has to, you know, start with one of the question words. Sometimes people will just try to say a statement and raise the pitch at the end. That does not trick us. Anyhow, at the show, I talk about this for a very long time. But uh, here in the fast-paced world of the Internet, I will, I will keep it quick and tell you just that. Uh, this episode, the topic is men, and the lecturer is Lena Suksi. Today... The men I'm most afraid of are the ones on the internet, where they are unidentifiable and unrelatable. My little brother told me recently that I need to know that all men want to give up their power. He loves hockey and hockey players and carries around a vial of rose petals. I guess I'm afraid of men for his sake, too. He spends more time on the internet than anyone I know. I'm grateful to my older brother for inviting me into his dark closet where we would sit for hours without seeing one another. He also showed me how to appreciate music 
by allowing me 30 seconds of each song at a time before demanding my opinion. Once, singing along to TLC on a dance floor, this brother pointed out to me that actually, I do want to scrub. That's true. I get a lot out of confrontations on the street, in my bedroom, where it's clear from looking into their eyes that the other person is feeling vulnerable. Being harassed sometimes makes me feel a strange sympathy for my bully. I've been physically violent once in my life. In 2012, I woke up in the hospital with no memory after a party that had had mostly straight men in attendance. I remember I felt very anxious walking sober into that party. My old friend Dylan was at my side in the hospital. My arms were covered in bruises. He took me home in a taxi. We didn't talk. At home, my boyfriend at the time came over and showered and held me while I cried and my thoughts went in every direction. My friend called me that afternoon and, after comforting me, explained to me that the bruises were from men holding me back when I, apparently unprovoked by anything but whiskey, threw punches, spat at them, and called them pussies. To have blacked out there was a terrifying experience, but I trust my friend, and in that case, I was the one acting terrifying. I'm a scattered person and I wear baseball hats because they can find me to a single direction at a time. I put them on and immediately feel an enormous amount of energy directing me, if it's angled right, up and into the world. The brim can also hide my eyes so nobody can feel a strange sympathy for me. Flexing my masculinity like this is sometimes a plea for fast male intimacy without having to play coy or be intercepted. In my experience, it works better than getting dolled up. It feels both extremely safe and extremely obnoxious to be the only woman on a dance floor at a gay bar. I think this is the only time that I've experienced this combination of feelings. I could get used to it. I love cheap glamour, although I'm sure I'll never get to be a trickster or a playboy. This realization only came recently when I felt that I would never be a man. I have prostate envy. I also have shoulder envy and calf envy and breast envy. I love when people grow hair right here and have enormous skulls. <laughs> My father is six foot six with hands like this and never stops talking or smoking. An extremely present father and a very caring man. This is one explanation for why I can't imagine men taking up less space in my life, although I've heard that fathers still take up a lot of space in their absence. As a little child, I had an excellent babysitter named Rob. He would act out fairy tales with me in which he would fuck up the original narrative, say, by refusing to give me, Jack, the magic beans, or telling me, Cinderella, that my foot was too large for the slipper. <laughs> when I threw tantrums in response, he would delightedly record them and give the tapes to my parents. <laughs> my first friend was a sweetheart named Rory. We hooked potholders together. We were the crybabies of our class. When I was a child in Edmonton, I was forced to go on a ski trip. I had never skied before, 
I climbed to the top of the bunny hill and was horrified looking at the descent. John, nine years old, on the trip, who had never until then spoken to me, guided me down the hill, sideways step by sideways step, cradling a snowboard under his arm. Newly in love, I retreated to the cabin, <laughs> where I found Daniel crying his heart out from his own fear of the chairlift, and gallantly bought him a hot chocolate. My earliest screen crush was for Harold Perrineau, doling out ecstasy and drag, singing Candy Statton's Young Hearts Run Free as Mercutio in the Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet. If you remember, Mercutio's death is the catalyst for the whole star-crossed lovers thing. He dies laughing. Until a week ago, I lived with boyfriends basically all my adult life. I was having a huge fight with my last one. I went into our bathroom to cry, and on the toilet, three verses of Destiny's Child's Independent Woman played in my head. <laughs> I dried my eyes, came out of the bathroom, and told him I was moving out. Then we went on a big trip. <laughs> it was fun, <laughs> except for one day when I was sick. I slept. And in my dream, I was sick as well, lying naked on the floor. The boyfriend sauntered over to me and graciously laid a single orange feather on my chest. Thank you, I said in the dream. What's that for? Independence, he said. <laughs> and I woke up. A week later, we broke up. It was my giant father who taught me to pay attention to images in dreams myths, and astrology. These and his ethics of compassion and curiosity often guide me when baseball hats cannot. When I was 13, I spent my lunch hours in the public library reading Oscar Wilde's letters and Edmund White. <laughs> this gay literature showed me that you could yearn for a man while holding on to your independence. The songs of TLC and Destiny's Child, sung for women, tend to tell you that you have to choose. I just moved into a house where there is a canister of phallic marshmallows on the kitchen table, a pervasive anxiety about tampons in the drain, and modernist literature everywhere. <laughs> I feel both comfortable and conspicuous with my Sherry Boyle books and light step. I share many desires with my new roommates, sex, safety, and generosity. Julian, Fan, and Carter have enabled my wayward desires for years by sharing my grief, correcting my judgment, and cooking me elaborate dinners. Independence might be a total fantasy. I tried to imagine a world without men, and I think of an ocean. I have never learned to swim, although each ex-boyfriend has tried to teach me. Nearly all the men in my life have told me about their confusing envy of women as a category. I have to tell them that I feel the same envy of women but this lecture has been about my envy of men. <laughs> Thank you. You're listening to the Trampoline Hall Podcast. I'm Misha Globerman. Up next, the Q&A. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Are there any questions? Yes, so someone, yes, one back there, yes. Um, you talked about the importance of the hat, and I wondered why this hat tonight. Why this hat tonight? Oh, um, my friend Delilah, I found it at her house, and it's the perfect shape. I have some issues with, like, the label. It says, like, that I'm a contractor, which I'm not. <laughs> but, but, like, the fit is important. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Damn right it does. Anything else? <laughs> yes, up here, yes. Why do you fear the return of Why do you fear the return of sympathy back back to you? Because I manifest the aggressive tendencies of the masculine fan. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Wait, do you, do you do you know her? Or you just say that based on like what you've seen so far. I feel like. <laughs> you feel like you know her, okay? All right, good. Um, so wait, so you don't want you don't want you don't want sympathy? Is that the? I feel like um, if I if I don't get sympathy, that might prevent me from being an asshole in the future. All right, okay. So be better. So like, I want to I want to overcome my my aggressive t- toxic masculinity. Oh, you want to overcome? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right. The toxic part. Okay, but not the aggressive, not the aggressive masculinity, just the toxic component of the. Yeah, yeah, good distinction. <laughs> Thank you. Thank. That, that's what I'm here for. Yes, you, sir. Um, if, if your father was shorter, <laughs> how would it have affected you if your father was shorter? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't. I, I'd love. To, I'd love to find out. Well, take a minute. Just think about it. So imagine if he was like, let's make him. Let's make him like not minuscule, but let's make him like five ten. Would he also like? Sorry, take away his thighs. Take away his thighs. Oh. I don't think the mechanism through which we make him smaller is necessarily relevant here. So let's just let's just keep the proportions the same, but just shrink him down. We don't want just our father being a giant torso. So we'll say just your father, but your your same father, but he's like five ten. I, I think like okay, fair enough. Like I think. The volume of his conversation, like the extent to which he talked, is like a bigger part of his him being formative for me than his size. Right. So he's just yeah. large. No matter what you do, he's going to be person. large. And he's going to be large. Okay. Yeah. All right. Any, anything else? Any other? Any, yes. Yes. You, ma'am. Do you think you'll ever go back to whiskey? Will you ever go back to whiskey? I'm I'm careful with it. Yeah. Wait. Did you stop? I missed that detail. Did you stop drinking whiskey after that episode? Um. I did for a while. I'm I'm very careful with it because like it's so delicious, <laughs> but it's like <laughs> and it makes you it's it makes powerful. you good at fighting too. Right? Yeah, yeah. So wait, did you mention that you stopped drinking whiskey? 
No. Did you? But you just intuited that yeah. she stopped drinking whiskey, or do you know each other? Well, I may have had a similar. So you've also wait. You have also wait. How similar was your episode? You went. Is, was it like you woke up bruised from drinking whiskey, wearing a baseball cap, and beating up guys in a bar? Yeah, really. Really? There was no cap. Apart from the baseball cap, you had the same experience. Have yeah. you met? Is this a common thing? Are you, you guys both like? Yeah, of course. Like, what woman hasn't gotten drunk and beaten up a bunch of guys in a bar after drinking whiskey? I had no idea. Yeah, I've talked to I've talked to people of both genders, like, about how they fight, like, they fight after whiskey. It's right. Like, okay, so you're like, okay, so, so, there's, a, so there's a warning. Uh, if you don't want to be in fights, stop it. But you, are you, are you so wait, the question, sorry, I got back, but the fact question was whether you started drinking whiskey again. I, yeah, I just, like, pour myself a glass now. Instead of, like, drinking from the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> you feel that makes you that brings out like the more a more peaceful side of you? Well, it's just like it's a portion control. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Uh, yes, yeah. Um, what does being funny bring you? What does bring being funny bring you? No one's ever called me funny before. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, there. Here's so this is your chance to explore that. Oh. Um, I don't know. Uh, Probably, like, empathy. What do you mean? Like, people can relate to you better if you make things funny than if you, like, deliver them straight. Did you think about that preparing the talk? Were you like, oh, I'll make this, like, funnier to be more empathetic? Or did you just sort of come out that way? Well, or? like, I think this stuff is inherently funny. Right. Like, I think gender is, like, I think it's hilarious. Like, I, <laughs> I'm really frustrated. Like, I was on, in a cab on my way here, and I was like, I'm alone in a cab, and like, this guy is like going like, fuck, like every time like, anything happens, and like, um, and then there's like this very like aggressive music playing, and I was like, oh my god, like I'm thinking about masculinity right now, like, <laughs> and like I think about it all day long, and like I wish that I had, like, like I wish I, that other things preoccupied me like a little bit more, like, I wish I could shift the balance, but since it does take up so much of my space, something that is, like, you know, kind of, like, inherently meaningless, but (laughs) that we've made a lot of meaning out of, then it's important to, like, find ways to cope with it, and one of those ways is humor, I think. (laughs) So that's that's what it does. Does that answer your question? Oh, yes. Uh, Yes, uh, you over there. Yes, ma'am. Are any of the men that you spoke about in your lecture here tonight? Are any of the men you spoke about in the lecture here tonight? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really hoping it's going to be your father, but I'm guessing it's no, not. No, I, I thought about inviting him, but, uh, like, no. All right. <laughs> so who's here? Who's here? Um, Finn and Julian, my new roommates. Are a new here, roommate? My roommates. old friends. Who are, who are up here? Is yeah. that, where, Dylan's where the over there. He witnessed the episode. Wait, the one who said, the one who said he, he felt like he knew you is your roommate? Y- yeah. He's so when he says he... <laughs> So the reason you feel like you know her is because you live in the same house, is why you have that feeling. Okay, so, so your roommates, your new roommates are here? Yeah, my new roommates and my, my friend who, who saw me freak out. Okay, your friend who saw you freak out? Yeah. So you, all right. None of the exes. None of the, all right, none of the exes. Or the father, or the brothers. None of the father. Okay, all right. Who, who, who asked the question? Where did the question come from? What were you, why, why were you, what were you curious about? I was just wondering if you'd invited anyone here to share something for the first time. Oh, had you had anyone here because you wanted to like share something with them that you hadn't shared with them before? And you thought Trampoline Hall would be a good place to do it? <laughs> Which, by the way, for future lectures, I encourage. No, but like, that's a good question because I think it's really hard. Like, 
I, when I meet, when, I, when I'm with women that I know, we tend to talk about like what it is to be a woman a lot and like being a woman. And then like there are all these men in my life and I don't really feel comfortable being like, how do you feel about being a man? Even though I ask it all the time anyways. <laughs> I don't really get, so I'm like, I'm going to talk about how it feels for me to be a man, I guess. But I like that because you're talking about how you think about gender all the time, and so do I. It's kind of interesting to then put someone on the spot to think about it too, and then maybe they think about it beyond the space because you're like, it's a bit. I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure that everyone does. Like I thinks feel about like, thinks about gender all the time. Yeah, that's like the pro, like I feel like actually I'm in a lot of circles where like. Mm, it's like, well, let's move, like, let's transcend that. Like, let's find ways to complicate that. And, like, that's great. But, like, there's, there's starting points that, like, are impossible to ignore. Like, not, like, just in terms of power, but in terms of all kinds of, like, weird things <laughs> that, like, change your life. I, I was curious when you said that, like, you think about masculinity, like, all the time. Because I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't. Like, and I'm curious. But... <laughs> I don't know. I guess I wanted to know more about that, like about what that means. It's I mean, not a very good question that I'm asking. I think there, like, are so many categories through which you can think of yourself and your experience with the world. Like, there's so many different like systems of analysis, and somehow, I'm like somehow, but I think it's because of having all these like present, interesting like men in my life from like feeling kind of like having two like being in between two brothers, maybe has helped make me kind of masculine and then I'm like straight pretty much. And there are all these men that are so present and I'm not a man. And so that's why part of the reason why I think in terms of those categories. And you're like welcome to think about yourself in any kinds of category. Sure. But it keeps coming back to that. All right. Um, yeah, so over here, yeah. Did you tell the boyfriend about the feather dream? Did you tell the boyfriend about the feather dream? Oh yeah, yeah, you know yeah. how that went, you mean? Like well, first I just was like, I had a cool dream and you like gave me an orange feather. And that was great. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, and you said it was for independence. And then he was like, whoa. <laughs> but like, it, I, yeah, it helps. Was, it like, was that like how you broke up with him? Um, there, it was a long process. Okay. But that was part, how, that was part what, of the process. Was that like a sure big part of the like, process? I'm seeing signs. Right. In my dreams. Right. You handed me the independence Actually, when feather. I first started seeing him, I had a dream I shot him in the face. And I told him about that as well. Like, what did that, what is that? Because I know that your, your father told you that like the dream symbolism is always important. So what does that symbolize in a relationship? It means that like whatever that person represents, I want to eradicate. All right. <laughs> but like not necessarily the person. <laughs> all right, all right. That's, that's very good. erotic though. Yeah, how did that, yeah. How did he, was he okay with that? Was he like, how was his? Yeah, he was like, whoa. <laughs> This guy, I'm getting the sense this guy is consistent. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Right, who else? What? Yes, over there. Yes, yeah. Have you ever had any strong female role models? Have you ever had any strong female role models? Oh, yeah. I just didn't talk about them tonight. But, like, I, I sent this talk to my mother and I felt really bad. Like, because I don't mention her. And she's, like, an incredibly grounding loving person. I don't know. I have great female friends. So, yeah. It's a nice, it feels like a nice role for one's mother in a talk is to just like feel, ever be an afterthought that you feel guilty about. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> Shit. 
<laughs> oh, oh, well. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, over there, yeah. He ran by when he said uh, that men really want to give up their own power. Yeah, when he said men really want to give up their own power, what do you think he meant by that? I mean, it's really, like, I think actually me and my two siblings, my parents not, but me and my two siblings, like, talk about a lot of things in terms of, like, gender and stuff, and he, like, like, he really doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to be seen as someone who's, um, like, I think he was speaking for himself, but he doesn't want to be seen as someone who's, like, intrusive, and he wants to be able to, like, allow people their own space, and, like, that's really great, that's a great hope, but then there are generalizations about men that they don't do that, and, like, you have to exist with that, like, it's... Do you think that the power that he doesn't want for masculinity, is that power that you do want? Yeah, I think, like, I mean, but I, and I think we can all, ex like, experience those things, like, that power, and, like, share it differently. Like, I hope that that was communicated in my talk a bit. Like, I don't think that these things are fixed at all, but, like, yeah, we, like, internalize what people expect of us, yeah. or what stories expect of us, or something, and it's hard sure. for him and me. Uh, uh, over there, yes. Uh, did you use the word patriarchy in the view on the word patriarchy because you didn't use it at all? He's like, how come you didn't use the word patriarchy? <laughs> like, I think that this talk like would have been more appropriately titled like masculinity, but it's just a different. Like, that's not fun. Like, <laughs> so does that answer your question? <laughs> I think that seems like it's so masculine. Patriarchy, not fun. Masculinity, fun. <laughs> well, let's wrap it up there then, ladies and gentlemen. Lena Suksi, ladies and gentlemen. Trampling Hall was created in Toronto in the 21st century by Sheila Hetty and is hosted by me. This episode's lecturer was curated by John Davies. The podcast is produced by Josh Block. Our theme music was composed by Matt Smith. Trampling Hall is a sumo audio podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can really help us out by leaving a rating or review on iTunes. It helps us a lot, so we really appreciate it if you can do that. I'm Misha Globerman. Thanks so much for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.